All right, so we've really been on the same topic for um, a couple of times already. Um, and I'm not going to let up yet because I think it's such an important idea. I mean, the Piazzetta essentially said it's the main idea of what B'nai Machshavatov is about. And <clears throat> I really think that, to, like with a lot of things in Chassidus, to really understand something, you really need to go to Chabad. You need to learn Tan, you need to see in Chassidus because... That's what Chabad is. It's to explain Teres HaBal Shemtev. So the Piazetzner and, and the Polish Svarm, they stress the Amun of the Bal Shemtev. The belief that, that everything is him and he, he is everything. That he, you know, that the belief that he fills all worlds and transcends all worlds. Mm-hmm. But Chabad explains what that actually means. Like, what's, what, how does he fill all worlds? In what way? How, did, how does he become all different leaves in the tree and stuff? Mm-hmm. Right, so that's what Chabad explains. So the Piazetzner has said, and we've been learning this already a couple of times, that the Ikka that he wants is Machshava without Siyur, no form, and through that being able to see God in the world. <coughs> right, that's, that's, uh, that's, what we're, that's what we were talking about. <coughs> and we're struggling, and it's supposed to be a struggle, it's not supposed to be easy. Right? These type of things, abstract ideas, are not things that you like get, and then now I know them. Right? I know Columbus sailed this, the ocean blue in 1492. I know that now I can go weiter because I know the year. When you talk about these things, these things are you know, ex- almost like experiential, that you want to experience the divine. So it's not something that you get and now I know it. It's something that you always have to be working on, struggling what that means. Mm-hmm. What does it mean to be able to see God through everything? Not just to know that you're in the presence of God. Right? I think I mentioned <clears throat> last time, <clears throat> when the Ramban <clears throat> in Parshas Ekev, I don't know if I mentioned last time, but the Ramban in Parshas Ekev, in the um, he explains what is dveikus. Right? Everyone, everyone's heard of the idea of dveikus, and everyone's the Hasidic stresses dveikus. What's dveikus? The Ramban already mentions dveikus. What does it mean to cleave to God? So Lamaisa, the 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 Sifri and and the Halach is also that there's there's a Lamaisa the Gemitzvah. <clears throat> That the Rambam says that that's to be dovuk to tamid chachamim to to have dveikus to to tamid chachamim. That's how you through that get to God. So that's that's the Rambam. That's al pi But the Ramban explains in avoda what's the meaning of dveikus. What does it mean to have dveikus? So the Ramban says that you're always remembering God. You're always feeling God. Never forget for a moment that you're in God's presence. And even when you're speaking to other people. Your heart is still with God. That's Dvekos. A perpetual being with God. And that's an incredible thing to aspire to. I mean, the truth is, <clears throat> it's the first Allah in Shulchan Aruch. Right? Always being the, to know that we're always in God's presence. But that, you know, it doesn't mean, again, it's not a halacha that you, you know, you fill a checkbox. <laughs> it's a halacha that's supposed to be developed it's supposed to be worked on it's supposed to be that's what dvekus is is something that we have to constantly be working on right that's that's so the maisa i i want to learn in tanya to understand this idea of, of visualizing god through the world oh wait so i forgot the feroes so the ramban is saying that dvekus is this perpetual being with god but Hasidus says dvekus is a step deeper <clears throat> Dveikus is actually being 
with God. In other words, connecting to God, unifying with God. And that's to understand because you could actually connect to God through the world by meditating what the world really is. It's not that you that you know you're looking at a world and God is you know you're in God's presence and he's he's in his ain self. It's that when you look at the world you could see God through the world. What what does that mean actually? The Maisa, what does that actually mean? So let's learn it in Tanya. So we're gonna go <clears throat> we're gonna learn the end of chapter forty two and the beginning of chapter forty three. The end of Parakman Bays and the beginning of Parakman Gimel. Everyone have it on the sheet? It's a... Give an extra sheet. <clears throat> yeah. <clears throat> yeah, we're starting on the, on the side that says Samach Aleph on the top. Page number Samach Aleph. Right? It's the, it's the side with the footnote. Yeah? Everyone have it? Okay, so... Um, sorry, sorry to, um, there's nothing to be sorry about. No. Thank you um, for interrupting. It was time to breathe. Okay. Good. Um, you said, like, in the beginning, like, to look at Chabad for the theory of Hasidus? Uh, theory, like the, 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 the mechanics and, yeah. the, and the understanding of it. But yeah, I guess you'd say the theory. Sometimes there's differences between Chabad's view and other views, right? Like specifically, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously Breslau, but, like, the assessment, too. Yeah, sure, for sure. So you have to be aware of that when we're looking at Hundred percent. Right. <clears throat> so, but here's the thing. You're right. So, the P, I don't think the Piazet. I mean, the Piazetzner is talking to people. As far as I understand, the Piazetzner is talking to people that that have a hadracha of what it means to see God through the world. Because he's not explaining. He, you're right. He doesn't explain. Okay. Right. He says to have that amuna. So you're right. And but. As far as I understand, and I might be wrong, the Pizetsan quotes the Tanya all the time. Okay. Yeah. All the time yeah. quotes the Tanya. The Pizetsan was much later than the, than the Tanya. <clears throat> and I might be wrong, but as far as I understand, I don't think there's any theological debate between the Pizetsan and the Revo. Like, there's no, you know, there's no, there's no actual, thea- I, I don't think there's a theological debate between Nachman and Tanya. I think in, in Avaida there are tremendous differences, but a theological I don't I don't I think they're all the Muna the Balshamtiv, just expressed in different ways. But we could discuss that. Yeah, I don't have enough facts to discuss that, but that wasn't my impression. Okay. Yeah. Alright, I'll go if the, let me know. Someone knows the different I, let me know. I know I'd like to I'd like to learn. Would you posit that the Balshamtov had like the entire corpus of Chasidus in all of its cloud or practice contained within him, as it were. Hundred percent unmanifest, but like latent within how they <coughs> progress through the various strains and sects and all. Yeah, see the um, yeah the, the 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 actually the Chabad Rebbeim say that the Baal Shem Tov is the Bechin of Atik, the Mizrach Magad is the Indian of Arich. Atiki Kadisha Arach, which are the two levels of Kesar, and then the Chabad Rebbeim in Chabad are the ones after which, of course, is the other Hasidic groups wouldn't agree. But the idea that the Baal Shem Tov is the Kesar, the Baal Shem Tov is essentially gave the whole idea of Chasidus, and all the different streams is how to how to act. What what exactly did he mean? Like how do you actualize that? 
but you know, hundred percent that that the Baal Shem Tov inherent in his teaching is to be. Able, it's like you know, it's it's you have the same you have the same water that then goes you know into different bottles based mm-hmm. on you know what what's you know uh, here there's coffee here there's you know. Uh, it's the same water, though, right? So everyone is going to explain in different ways, but it's all inherent in the Baal Shem Tov's so life. There's nothing that would be within the purview or category of Hasidus which did not emanate directly from the Baal Shem Tov, as it were. Authentic Hasidus, let's call it. That wasn't, was not, sort of, that the Baal Shem Tov was not the primordial or proverbial source of it. I mean, the only one that I would say that, that you know, that, that, has been posited to be an an anti balshemtiv was the Kotzkar. right? Heschel, Rabbi Heschel, A.J. Heschel has a book, Passion for Truth. We've spoken about it before, and it's about, essentially about the Kotzkar and Kierkegaard. But mm-hmm. in the beginning, <clears throat> in the beginning of the book, he he he. He explains how, like, in his childhood, he loved the Baal Shem Tov. When you hear about the Baal Shem Tov, it would make him feel, you know, sweet and, and warm. And he was afraid of the Kutzker. When you'd hear the Kutzker, he would get, like, he would feel, you know, threatened and terrified. Because the Kutzker was, was, a, was a figure that was, in many ways, more reminiscent of Bali Musser. You know what I mean? Like, with his, with his, his, his extreme quest for authenticity. Um... So you might say that that's not exactly the Baal Shem Tov wasn't looking so much, you know. But you know, these things are all open for debate. Do you know of any theological difference between Chabad and Breslau? I am not going to be able to think of anything like that. Yeah, but all right. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be really curious. I mean, to it hear. could be somewhat like from the fact that they have different avodas. Avodas is completely different. I know, but like to separate that from. Like the theology? Yeah, I don't. I don't know exactly. So, so that's why it might they're be a both Teres of Baal Shem Tov. The, Baal, yeah. the no, Reb Nachman stayed in, with in, the Emun of the Baal Shem Tov. Yeah, Reb Nachman stayed in the Kesser of the Baal Shem Tov. Reb Nachman stayed in Emuna. Reb Nachman never went down to Chachma Binandas. Reb Nachman is in that place of the the consciousness that's deeper than Seichel. That's the Kesser. That's the subconscious, preconscious, unconscious, <laughs> right? Nachman in, in that place that imagination could only touch. Chachman Bina can't touch those deeper levels of soul. Only imagination can. That's why when a person takes a psychedelic trip, they're, they're, what they see is not rational. They're seeing imaginative things. Because when you put the Chachma, when you go beyond Chachma Bina, the imagination, that's why the Rambam says that imagination is the faculty of the mind that Nevuah comes from. So Rav Nachman was that Bechina. That's why he was a Bechina in that way of Mashiach and Nevuah because he, he was... Like, his things don't make sense. If you try to understand them, you're not going to. You know what I mean? Like, uh, clapping during davening is the wings of the Kruvim, which are, you know, the, which are the lungs, which are Bechina of Eretz Yisrael, which is a Bechina of Yosef and Tikkun Abris. You know, Shalma Yisrael. And, and but what does that mean? What does one have to do... It has to be completely when you're not thinking rationally. So the ba- Reb Nachman is the moon of the Baal Shem Tov Eina Malvadeh. Reb Nachman saw God in everything. Lungs and, and tables and, you know, he saw, he, basically the whole Sefer is to show, you know, coughing and uh, sighing and, and, and like we learned last week from Reb Nachman, the idea that when you're talking to non-Jews, you're still connecting to Elokuz. 
Chabad it went down to Chachma Binandas, which is to explain it, to be able to understand it, to try to, to, to bring it closer to my rational my mind. Right? That's, that's that the Alter Rebbe held that that's what the Belshantav wanted. That stream of consciousness you just connected about like all those various things and how like it doesn't really make sense on a sensical level. It's like you know, like when you're in a dream state and like you're kind of awake, like you're just waking up out of it and like you're aware that the dream didn't really make any it didn't really have a logical cohesion to it. Right. But you're but it's still you're still asleep enough that it made sense in your mind somehow right. that it was cogent in your sleep state. It's that in between state. Like, as you articulated it, like, those things have, they're so disparate in a certain light on a logical level, but then, like, on a spiritual, like, there's a rightness to it if you're kind of, like, if you subdue the logical kind of, not that you're, not that you're, like, you know, insane, but they have, they have connections, but not on the logical level. Well, you know, Freud would say that <clears throat> dreams are are a better revelation of the soul yeah. than than the royal, the royal, than royal, the, royal the unconscious. Huh? Yeah, because dream that that's what dreams are. That's why a dream is a one sixtieth of nevuah, yeah. right? It's all coming from the super rational, the super rational parts of the mind. Right? That's chaim, um, chaim. That's why Chassidim would say lechaim. We have to come to the super rational parts of the mind. To go to yeah. Top. Okay. So, let's see. So the Alter says like this. So just to give a little, to put things in context, where we're coming from. That we shouldn't be out of our element. So these prakim of Tanya, <clears throat> the Alter Rebbe is talking about how to get to your Shemaim. Shalom aleichem. At the end of Perkman Bay's Daf Samach Aleph Mudalf. So, in these prokim from Perak Memal, from chapter 41 until the middle of 43, the Altar explains how do you get your Shemaim. Simply meditations, how do you come to have, have awe of God, fear of God, Yeris Hashem? What is Yeris Hashem? Different levels of Yeris Hashem. That's from the beginning of chapter 41. Until the middle of 43. Then from 43 to 50, he talks about how to come to love of Hashem. That's the context of what these chapters of Tanya are talking about. So this is the end of 42. This is in the middle of where he's talking about how to have year, how to have been a constant state of awe of God. And the reason I love, this is one of my personal favorite parts of Tanya, this this page, <clears throat> is because... Like, you know, we're learning from the Pizetzner, and like I said, I don't think, I think this is what the Pizetzner was talking about. Um, it essentially makes a, a visualization that you could actually visualize God as you're seeing the world, which is what the Pizetzner wants. Like he said, it's not that I'm telling you not to see the world, you should see the world, but you should see God through, through the world. So let's see how the Altar of says it like this from top line. The Alter says also to be able to be a person that lives with Yira, with Yira Shemayim. A person should always remember, remember the following in order to then be able to have the visualization as we'll see. Remember as follows, the following mashal. When it comes to a human king. When you stand in front of a king, you're filled with dread. Right? A real king, which is hard for us to imagine. 
you know, they say when the when the Tsar was overthrown, the Tsar of Russia was overthrown in nineteen seventeen, there were Hasidim that started crying. <clears throat> and they said that now nobody will be able to really understand why God is called a Melech, what the Mushal is. Yeah, they, they won't be able to understand what the Mushal is. It's very hard for them to understand, you know. Yeah, especially the way they portray kings, you know, and entertainment and stuff. So, but Lamaisa, the, the way that it's spoken about, that when you would stand in front of a king, like, you lose yourself completely. Like, it's a feeling of loss of self. It's a feeling of complete awe. Right? That's, it's, that's, that's what it was to stand in front of a real king. Right? That, that complete feeling of like, the, the truth is the altar compares it to, to in, in, in the Siddur, he compares it to standing in front of a tzaddik. If you've ever had this chus of standing in front of a tzaddik, somebody that you know is like a real tzaddik, that's, you feel that, that awe of being in that presence, right? It's, it's, it's a feeling of transcendence of that, you know, like, you feel, you feel that there's this huge distance from between you, there's this sublime feeling to, the, to this person that you're standing in front of. But the altar says, when it comes to that king that you're standing in front of, that you're seeing, what are you really having awe from? Not his body. He says, What you have awe from is the king's chayas, his vitality, his pnimius, his soul. Not his body. You're not afraid of his body. And what's the proof? If the king was sleeping, you wouldn't have any year. <laughs> you wouldn't have year if he was sleeping. You wouldn't be afraid. You wouldn't have the same awe. Because it's not the body. It's that when the king is awake, that's when you have the, the real awe. Right? <clears throat> Isn't it more maybe his power to, his power to like let live and to... Basically. Well, that's part of the awe. Part of the awe is, is the fact that your life is in his hand. Isn't it just power in him? It's just like this person holds in a ridiculous, immense amount of power, an unfathomable, unfathomable amount, and they are to be not worshipped, but like feared and revered for that. It's, it's very, so what you're saying is really good, because over there with the Alter Rebbe I was, I was talking about is in Ha'ara of Tatikan Chatzois. The altar there actually says that a tzaddik, chacham godl b'dor of a tzaddik, is a better mushal for the year to Hashem than a melech. Why? A tzaddik is a better mushal, really. Yeah. Why? Because he says like you, that a melech, sachakol, his, the year is from his hispashtus, his, his, um, his, his, his majesty, his awe, his power, but not him as a person. He might be a maneuver, right? So you're not you're you're not necessarily in awe of the person. You're in, you're in awe of the chair, of the throne, of the position, of the power, like you said, right? And that's also the, so there is such an awe. We're going to learn in, in chapter forty three of Tanya. That's called Yiratata. I mean, when you look at the stars and you think of the solar system and the, and the Milky Way and the billions of galaxies that they talk about. That's the that's only that's only God's malchus. It's not God and how He is in His essence. So really, a tzaddik. When you're standing in front of a tzaddik, what do you what do you lose yourself from? What do you feel completely in awe of? The person, the person himself. 
and that and that's like when you're standing in front of God Himself, not just not not His not His kingdom expressed through through all the worlds. When you're standing in front of Hashem Himself, Ein Sof. Anyway, so but Lamaisa, so the Alter says here, so when you're seeing the king sleeping, you're not afraid of him. So you're afraid of his soul, right? You're afraid of his soul. You're afraid of his 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 uh, conscious soul that he should that that that's what you have year from. Everyone with me? Everyone agree with me? Yeah. With the Alter ever? Yeah. Now the Alter says next step. Remember that that's step one. That when you. <clears throat> When you have when you have year from a king, it's from his soul and not his body. Alter says step two, Vihine. Your physical eyes don't see his Pnimius and Chayas. Your physical eyes don't see his soul. Your physical eyes don't see his vitality. Your physical eyes just see his physical body. The Alter says, but that's not true. Because when you see a person when they're awake or sleeping, you do see a difference. You see the difference. I, the body, is the same. So what are you seeing? Are you seeing... Through the behavior, you're seeing the soul. You're seeing the chais. You're seeing the vitality. He says, rock... Only... In other words, before we see inside. You're seeing... When you see somebody awake as opposed to somebody asleep, it's not that you believe that there's vitality in this person, that the person's soul is within their body. You see it, even though really you're only seeing the body. But what are you seeing about the body? That it's alive, that it's awake, that the soul is, more, is, is expressed, right? But you're not seeing it with your physical eyes. But, so would you say you believe that the vitality is there? Or you see it? You believe it, probably. What do you mean? How do you see the, vi- the vitality? That's what I'm saying. So you don't see the vitality, but, but do I need to have belief that when I see the difference between a person awake and a person sleeping, I have to believe that the person awake has vitality expressed in his body that the person sleeping doesn't have? Yes. I mean... Why? I think it's self-evident. I mean, you see a person awake or a person sleeping, you could tell that the person awake has... I mean, like, if there's, like, there's no doubt, you mean, right? Not just there's no doubt, that you actually could see it. When you see the body of a person awake, and you see the body of a person, or the person was sleeping, and then you see afterwards when the person's awake, right. you, you see the awakeness, the revelation of Chayas, the revelation of his Pneumius. This whole Indian prayer came to that term self-evident. Like what is evident in the self? What of the self is becoming manifest as being evident to your eyes, to your faculties, to your perception? It's like, it's like it, this is like the Indian of self-evidence. What are you drawing from the self of the, what you're witnessing? The king, the sonic? I'm not following you. It's like it's not like that thing, the term self-evident. It's like, what are you gleaning from the perception of either the king or the tzaddik, what is the evident self, the manifest self that you're in awe of or in fear of or gleaning some harvest of perception or experience from being in that person's presence? Okay. Like what, is that, like what, is, what is that reaction that's being generated by perceiving the king 
Is it just the will, you know, the will to power or the allure of power, or it's the fact that he can has life, life and death holds in his hands? You know, it's like what is the encounter with that self, the great self? I mean, I guess what, yeah. What is, what is it? What is it propelling? What is it affecting within that stimulates those feelings? I think. Yeah, I mean, there there are definitely layers of self. There are definitely layers of how a person expresses self, right? And and and, how, and what what aspect of a person you connect to. Right? There's, William James said that a person has, many, has as many personalities as, as how many people he knows. Right? You have a different personality for every person you know. But Lemaise over here, he's, he's more differentiating. This, this is the idea that, Serge, I want to make sure that we, that we agree on. He's differ- he wants to say, he wants to bring a muscle that you could see that the person is awake. You could actually physically see it, even though Lemaisa, your eyes are only seeing his body. But what's happening? He says, look inside. He says, Rak al The eyes of the mind, the mind's eye, through the flesh eyes. What does that mean? Oh. What does it mean, Eneaseichel? What does the mind's eye yeah. mean? Yeah. Great question. What does not, the mind's eye mean? Not eye, but like the experience of beyond just seeing it, like I can sense that something is happening with my mind. Like, dude, like yeah. the person's eyes could be open, but you could like see, you see the person's awake beyond that. Even. I see, like I'm looking at Jordan right now, he's not talking, but I could see that he's awake. I don't believe it. I see he's awake, even though he's not talking, but... And he might not be moving too much, but I see he's awake. What sees? I see his body. But my mind's eye sees... So let me give you another muscle. Um, I'm sure some of you have heard this muscle from me a few times, but I don't mind saying it over more times because it's very important to always bear in mind because this is, this is what Dalton was trying to say here. But, okay, so imagine it's, the, it's a wintry, snowy day. In the middle of the winter. And it snows six, seven, eight inches. So the school calls off a snow day. And little Timmy decides that he wants to go outside and play and build a snowman. So the mother wraps up little Timmy with a bunch of layers of thermal underwear and shirts and ski suits and jackets and ski jackets and masks and earmuffs. Until after a couple of minutes, all you see is like a, like a bundle of clothing, right? So this bundle of clothing goes outside to build a snowman. And the next door neighbor's boy also comes out, similarly garbed, right, to build a snowman. And after 20 minutes, you know, the neighbor's kid comes in to have a cup of hot cocoa, and the mother says to him, did you enjoy playing with Timmy's clothing? So even like a five-year-old kid is going to look at his mother and be like, what are you smoking? What are you talking about? Like straight up Kafka. It's like Alice in Wonderland. Kim's clothing, my dear. This is a strange Kafka's novel. Yeah. So what are you talking about? I play with Timmy. So the mother says to him, but you didn't see Timmy. There was, you know, the face was covered with a ski mask. You didn't see Timmy. All you saw were clothing. So did you believe it was Timmy or did you see Timmy? <clears throat> you saw Timmy, but you, your physical eyes only saw the clothing. But through the clothing, the fact that it was moving and alive, 
you saw Timmy. Your mind's eye, through your flesh eyes, saw Timmy. Because your flesh eyes saw that, that this clothing is building a snowman and moving, so your flesh eyes are seeing that, but your mind's eye sees Timmy. So the Alter Rebbe says, he says, through your, 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 your physical eyes, begufe v'levush, of seeing the body and the garments, you know that the vitality is enclosed within that. Right? So that's what the year is from, from the Panemius. You never see the king's soul. You never see the king's chayas. You only see the king's body and the king's clothing. But that doesn't stop having year of because your mind's eye sees that the king is awake, and your mind's eye sees the king's soul. Says the Alt Rebbe, "V'im Kain, kacha mamish." In the same way, mamish yeshle liras one could come to liras Hashem in the exact same idea. One could visualize God in the same way. Your mind, your eyes, your physical flesh eyes have to look at heaven and earth and everything within them. But remember, but God's infinite endless light is enclosed within them to give them vitality. When you see a bird flying, when you see a wind, you know, blowing... When you see people moving, what's what's the what do you you see that there's life to the world? You see the world is alive. It's what in Latin is called animus mundi. Animus mundi means world soul. There's a life to the world, right? You don't believe that. You see that. Your mind's eye sees that there's a chayas, that there's a life to the world, that everything is alive. And so what is that that you're looking at? You're looking at the garments of the king. You're looking at God's garments. Hashem's orange self, God's infinite light is within it. Aye, it's within many garments. But even a five-year-old knows that when he's playing with, with, with a mountain of clothes, making a snowman, even a five-year-old knows that I'm not just looking at, I, I don't believe I'm looking at Timmy. I, I see Timmy. My mind's eye sees Timmy through my physical eye seeing the clothing. So my mind's eye could see God by my physical eyes seeing the world. And the Altarbis says, Even though for God's infinite light to be manifest in snowflakes and in drops of rain, because <clears throat> we understand, right, the Baal Shem Tov taught that in every drop of rain, in every raindrop, in every snowflake in every grain of sand there's another dibor advar havaya that God is saying that this thing should come into existence every moment God is saying about every single detail of the world that it should come into existence <clears throat> so for God to be able to get from it or in self his infinite light to become light that becomes the vitality of a caterpillar says, there are many garments God has to put his light through many many Garments and simtsumim. <coughs> Says the Alter Rebbe. Harayin hevel. So, okay, so there's many levushim rabbin. So what? Harayin hevdel v'hefesh klal. There's no difference at all when you have or of a king. Beers melech basav adam. When it comes to having or of a physical king. There's no difference at all. Bein shu orum. 
if you see him naked, awake but naked, or he's wearing, you know, one, one uh, it's in the middle of summer, he's wearing shorts and a t-shirt, or he's wearing many, many garments. What's the difference, right? Like with, with the little boy that sees Timmy, what's the difference how many clothing there is? You see that they're alive. You see the world is alive. The world is Lebedic. What is the Lebedicite of the world? What is the life of the world? Hashem. In other words, what the Alter is really doing over here <clears throat> is connecting your amuna with the vision of your eyes. That when you look at the world, you should see God through it, which is what the Piazzetsna is doing too. Somebody has to say something or ask something. It's easier said than done. And I think there, there are times when in your life you feel like a connection to Hashem and things seem like very clear, like objects, people, situations very clear from Shemaim, like it just you can sense it. Yeah. And then there are some days when you are just not attuned to that. Right. And you're just kind of living your life like, ah, this happened, that happened. You're like, well, this doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think they're, you know, both modes are, are very common. Or I mean, at least, at least like, I've experienced both many different times. And uh, it's hard to be constantly in this state of mind where you're seeing Hashem and everything. But I think, I mean, I guess through learning and whatnot, you can get there. But I, I find it challenging to, to do that with, with everything. I think that's, I, I mentioned that before, it's not, it's, you should find it challenging. It's, it's not, you know, to be able to change what you're used to have, have the way where your eyes have taught you for so many years, to change that through your machshava, right? What the Bezetzim calls machshava, which is really what the Altar was talking about. What the Altar means when he says, Oidzes Yizkor. You know, let's, let's read a, sir, let's just read another line inside. He said, what's the difference how many layers of clothing the king is wearing? El ha'ikr, what's the most important thing? And here the author was going to say, in many words, what the Bizetzner calls machshava. Ha'ikrhu, ha'hergel. Working on it. Hergel. You know what hergel is? Accustomation. Accustom. I don't know if I think it's, it's not a word. But accustoming it oneself. Ha'hergel. Accustoming oneself. In other words, Serge, it's. You have to work on it. It's not something that like you pick up in a day. Right, and it's something that can go away. Of course. Hundred percent. Right. True. If I could be so blasphemous to posit that the biggest problem people have with the notion of God and God's presence is that it's not readily palpable. Feel it's not. It's not felt. It's like you have to. You have to think it and will it and intuit it and force it to feel it. Where we want feelings to be these like sensations that are just there. Right. Like I eat the donut, I taste the donut, it's right there. We want sensations to be like sensory, and God is the kind of sensation that you have to work, you have to kind of like distill and, t- and like filter through all the strata of your being and consciousness before it's felt. And we right. want sensation and sensory input to we be. We want immediate so, gratification. We want, we, we want immediate sensory input. We want God to be the feeling, like, you know, we want it to be the squeeze of a hand or like the taste of a of a, schna- a schnapsel or <laughs> we want we want God to be felt on such a readily accessible and available level 
but that runs counter to all our other stimuli where <clears throat> it runs counter to all our other stimuli where we have to we actually have to be working God through almost like this this reverse hishtalshul of feeling of our whole you know filtering him through all of our senses first or all of our faculties before arriving at that feeling so it's, it runs counter to how we experience feeling in hundred percent yeah I think like remind me what the Bhadichavar said one time he, he lifted his eyes and he said Master of the Universe what do you want from your children all the the tibus of this world you put in front of their eyes mm. and the Indianum of Gehenim and everything else you put in the book Reish Chachma mm. now there's God you find through the books tibus you just you know God, God pays, you know, uh, the, the Yetzirah, the, which is how we manifest through our five senses, is, pays with cash. You know, Kedusha is like, you know, investment. It's a long-term investment. But it's also, one more point about it, that it's the things that you experience, kind of to your point, like, it's, it's sensory, but it's fleeting, right? So when you... What's fleeting? The sensation of instant gratification... So, you know, when you take a drug, you're like in this altered state, right? Or, or like, you know, if you drink too much, you're in like an altered state, you like feel that. So you have a steak. Right. While you're having the steak. That's, that's right. That's but, right. But then, but then that's you the wake up. And you're, the, <laughs> you're right. <laughs> when you wake up, you're no longer in that state, right? But I think once you achieve this more refined, long-term, progressive knowledge of Hashem, you don't like just move out of that easily. You're like in that state. Right. In other words, Dvekus is a constant, it's a constant struggle, but that is what the goal is, <clears throat> is that, and this is, you know, all this, I mean, the, the ultimate, what one has to work on in life to become more of an Oyvid Hashem is this, is Dvekus, is having God in mind more often. That's what we have to, you know, and there are times in life when we, we suck at it. And there are times in life that it comes easily. And there are times, but we always have to be working on it. That's, let's read a little more. Let's read a little more. Ha'iku ahergo, the most important thing is to habituate oneself, to, to, to train yourself. Lahargil daitai umachshavtai tomid. To constantly train one's das and one's machshava. I'm... Machshava being what's actually going on in your mind and das being that ability of your mind to connect itself to something deeply. So it should always be in your das and machshava. Tomid, that what? Lias kavua beliba mechit tomid. It should be affixed. You know what kavua means? That's the bracha when you put a mezuzah. Likboya mezuzah. How would you say in English? Affixed. Affixed, like strongly. It should be affixed in your heart and mind Tomid always. This is a vad, we have to work at this. That what? Ashakoma Shuraya Be'enav. Anything your eye ever sees. That's why this is such an unbelievable isbainanus, because the Abdul is telling you whenever you're looking at anything in the world, whatever your eyes see, Hashemaim Varatsumlaya, heaven, earth, you're looking at the clouds, the beautiful majestic clouds, or you're looking at the schmutz in the streets of Manhattan. Hakolem Levushim Achitsoinim Shalmelcha Kodishbahu, they're all God's garments. And you see that they're all alive. And that life that you're seeing, the, 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 the light that you're seeing them, you're seeing them as all of the God's garments. Through seeing them as God's garments, you'll always remember. 
Al pnimiyusim b'chayusim. You remember the pnimiyus and chayus of what you're looking at, the world. Let's just finish. This, this that I'm telling you, Serge, exactly what you're asking. This that I'm telling you, to be able to train oneself to see God in the world, is included in the word amuna. Meaning what? That amuna isn't just the goal, it's also the, the, the I'm sorry, amuna is not just, yeah, amuna is not just the goal, it's the, it's the process to get there. Look what he says. That the word amuna, push it in Hebrew, Shuloshan Regilus. How do you say in Hebrew, in modern Hebrew, an artist? Anyone know? Aman. An Aman is an artist. Aleph Memnun. How do you say in modern Hebrew to train yourself? Litamen. Litamen means to train yourself. So the Altarba says, Emun is Loshan Regilus. It means to train oneself, to practice. Shemargila Adamas Atzmai. The person pushes you train yourself. You have to practice. Kamay Uman, like an artisan, Hamamin Yodav Vichule, that trains his hands. It's like Gavada Gavarta Altar was saying, a marshal. How do you learn to play piano? How many books do you have to read? A lot. I'm learning to play piano now. Yeah, and you're reading books? Yes. Is that all you're doing to learn how to play piano? Yeah, training, you know, how to uh, memorize the keys. No, but without, let's say you read books without putting your fingers on the keys. No, you can't learn that Oh, that's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> that's what Alter was saying. Let's say you don't have a piano, you don't put your fingers on the keys. You, you just learn. read 500 books. You will not learn. Why not? Because you need to hear the sound as it corresponds. To you the... need to put your fingers on the piano, yeah, right? You no need point. to, act. why? Because it's not about theory, it's about practice. Right. right. Saldrabah says, that's a muna. It's, it's, it's not about how many books you read. It's about how often you train yourself. Right. It, it, it's a muscle. Like you say, exactly, that's the word. It's a muscle. Mm-hmm. And eventually what's supposed to happen is that it's supposed to be, yeah, it's not as readily available as, you know, a Twinkie or a, you know, a, a steak or anything else, but... Like Serge said, everything, you know, this is what all the Svarms say, even the, you know, the Musa Svarm, all the other Taivas, like you said, are fleeting. Like they, they, they don't bring, it's even in, in Buddhism, they say that even pleasure is dukkha, that even, mm. even, even when you're happy, even when you're, things are going well, it's still suffering because it's going to come to an end. Mm. Right? Everything in this world comes to an end, even everything good. But the only thing that never comes to an end is if a person comes to a place that their simcha is from dveikos. Then the simcha never comes to an end. <clears throat> but yeah, the Alter says one has to work at it. So this is one place where the Alter like explains what does it mean to see God through the world. That the mind's eye sees God by your flesh eyes seeing the world. I really teach this, but yeah. I just think, not just, but I think that, um, I don't know if it matters, but like modern science says that everything your your physical eyes see, your mind is processing, like that's how you're taking in information. Right. So what this is all about is sort of like retraining your mind to the perception of the world to not be just like the physical world that we somehow are used to thinking what it is, as I know, it's like we need our mind to 
be trained to perceive the world as something else. As, yeah. As God. As godliness, yeah. And I always think, like, I don't know, like, with children, like, children are creating those models, or like, mental models of what everything is, right? Like, I always wonder if it's possible to, like, not train them on that path, but train them on, on like, the God path, you know? Interesting. Maybe it'll make them weird and crazy, but... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think they're trying that in Bataille, no? Yeah, man. <laughs> then the, the problem is you need to be able to interact with the mundane world right. as is and with non-Jews and to, to sanctify the world, but you have to have a full understanding of reality as the rest of the world sees mm-hmm. it. And if you don't have that, then that will limit you as yeah. well. But like, even if it was like, I don't know, somehow, like when you saw an animal moving, you somehow, I mean, maybe just like the, the children's mind is not um, developed enough to like understand what you're saying. But like maybe if you somehow tell them like, oh, look at that bird, you know, like, it is only like its movement is Hashem, or I don't know. Like through Hashem, yeah, Hashem acts through. The, I mean, what you yeah. guys just said is like the machlekes between the people of Me'asharim and the people of Mayu. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly the machlekes. You know, the people of Me'asharim are trying to make that they don't, they don't know anything else, mm-hmm. right? That that they that they should train them just to see everything as being kedusha. And the people of Mayu are saying, no, you have to know the world also. You have to you have to be be uh, part of the. Uh, same. Uh, that's not like, what I'm trying to say. It's not like you want to start the world's um, first Devekus Montessori school <laughs> where everything is about teaching the child <laughs> seeing No, I think you know, know, this, if we're retraining our mind, like maybe we <coughs> train it the right way the first time. Yeah. I think he's saying that like create the bedrock foundation of the child, <coughs> seeing God like as kind of like not also seeing reality, but also seeing the foundation of God behind everything and just living with that. Oh, you remind right. me, there's, a, there's an anecdote that Hasidim say like this, that one time there was a, a real, you know, a real frummy guy, and he wanted, like you say, he wanted to have a child that Mamish never saw women. He should grow up and he should come, never see women, and, and Mamish grew up with such purity that he took him to some island, and he raised him, you know, he never saw a, a, a women at all, ever. And then when the kid was, you know, like 11, 12 years old, so <clears throat> at that time, you know, the, he had to come to the mainland for something, and, and all of a sudden the kid sees women. And so the kid says to his father, Tati, what's this? So the father says, oh wait, I, I messed up the story. <laughs> I messed up the story. He, when he was raising him during all those years, he trained him and said, you have to know there's something, there are things called kachkas. Kachkas means geese. And kachkas are bad. Kachkas are bad. These kachkas are geese, you don't want to have anything to do with them. So when they come to the mainland, so the kid sees you know, a woman, and he says, Tata, what's this? So he says, that's a kachka. And he says, Tata, azoi kachka vilich. I want a kachka like that. <laughs> you know, he tried, you know, to raise him like that. As soon as he comes to the mainland, I want such a kachka. You know, so, you know, we could try to shield him. I'm not saying to shield, I'm saying to somehow train our, ourselves, or like, I don't know, like, in children, somehow to, like, be more attuned the truth is that the mature sh- brain that can right. that can figure all this out. I right. like how we always presume that our us, our generation, our cohort are always too far gone. It's like we're we're no, saying, we're done. Idea, we're done for already. Maybe our is, kids still stand a chance. You tell the children that Hashem is in his bottle, he'll laugh at you. I mean, he'll think you're crazy, and you want you know that he'll want some what's in the bottle. It just doesn't make sense to him. You know, I can try and I can't even figure. You know, I can't. 
get to that level. So have to try it. And we have to remember whatever we're talking about is revelations of God and, and aspects of God that we could perceive, but the essence of God is everywhere, is all there is. So when a child talks to God, that's the most pure relationship with God there is. Because we have a seichel that we think we understand God. But a child doesn't have that. In that way, Jonathan, I think, I think forget, the Baal Shem Tov would say that children, I mean, the Lubavitcher spoke about this all the time, that children's emunah is, is more pure than an adult's emunah. So it's not this. It's not this. Is that what they call Tino It's not this. It's, it's, it's an atmos. It's, the Loshan that the Alter Rebbe says in Torah, he said in, 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 in Pesach Eliyot, the Alter Rebbe says, Hamor hu bezgalus lochen gam anoshem ve'yelodim medabrim al Hashem. That the luminary, in all these things talk about God's light, you see God's light through the world, but the luminary, not the light, atmos, is bezgalus, like, is everywhere, is revealed, like is not concealed at all. Is well there is really. So Thadov says, and that's why even children talk about God. Like children get like you see in a child that this like there's a sense, yeah, God. Like they get it, but they don't get anything. But that's that's the most pure because that's the most pure connection to God. And that Rav Nachman says all the time. Yeah. That Rav Nachman Rav Nachman called that Pshitas, to be Pashat. How many times does Reb Nachman talk about Amun Pshuta? That was supposed to be Pashat. Reb Nachman wanted that, what the Baal Shem Tov said, that Amun Pshuta, real Amun Pshuta means that it's, that, that it's coming from the soul. It's not your rational mind at all. One time, interesting, Rabbi Yol Khan, the great teacher of Hasidus, he said he was once teaching um, a very deep Chabad Maimer about the difference between Amuna and Yediyah. The Amuna and Hashem and Yediyah Hashem. Knowing God and, and believing in God. What's the difference in different levels, whatever. <clears throat> and so somebody in the audience raises in and says, I don't understand what this is all about. I don't get it. The Baal Shem Tov said Amuna Pshuta. Baal Shem Tov said a, a simple faith. There's a world. I know there's a God that created it. Finished. And that's the end of the story, and Rebiel expected you to get the joke, which is that saying that there's a, that there's a God, there's a world, and therefore there's a God that created it, is not a muna. You just said a logical say, statement. There's a world, and therefore I know there's a God that created it, is logic. That's not a muna. That you just made a, a, a statement that it might be the, the level of a child. Your das might be the level of a child, but that's das, that's not a muna. When you, when you make that rational leap from saying if there's a world, there must be a God that created it, that's part of Das. That's not Amunah. That's not Amunah Pshuta the Baal Shem was talking about. Amunah Pshuta is when the soul, that the soul of a child experiences God in that way. In the way of that we feel, like, I, I, like you feel presence. You feel God. I don't, and, and you stand three times a day in front of God. You don't know what you're looking to, to what you're talking to, who you're talking to, what you're looking you have nothing, but your soul feels God. That's Amuna. That's why Amuna is real Dvekos with Hashem. What time is it? Uh, ten oh. All right, let's stop over here. Anyone have any other? Uh, we'll have to finish this. Next, uh, we'll do Perk Mem Gimel next time. I guess my my main question is yeah. like uh, you know I go through the world knowing that God created it, but I'm not necessarily knowing that God 
is in every second millisecond of my life. Well, you're not a tzaddik, as far as I know. No, no I'm not, definitely not. <laughs> so how, how do you how do you figure that? How do you, is does God is God involved in the decision I make to eat peanut butter jelly sandwich for lunch? Rather, rather strong sandwich. I mean, you have the choice whether to involve God in it or not. But does it matter to Hashem whether I have? Is, is, is he? Is he? Is he? How much is he in our lives, and how much isn't he in our lives? So we believe he's in every single detail. Well, that's what I struggle with. How much? How much of the details? I mean, it's does you it know. If I they ask the hair this way or that way. They ask the Kutzker, you know, it where's. Matter. Meaning, it doesn't matter. I don't matter. know hair, so it really doesn't No, matter. but I'm saying, I, it really, I think we should, I, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, 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 please. We figure out what the, like, no, God doesn't care which way you comb your hair. I'm asking because so of, what I'm are we not talking asking about, about I mean, combing hair. Obviously. Yeah, yeah, I'm so, asking about bigger things. Okay, maybe. But I'm using yeah. combing hair as an example. Where, where okay, is if the, it's bigger things, then yes, I'm, I'm just saying, like, yeah. Why do you think God doesn't care about how you comb your hair? I, I don't think so. Depends what you mean by care. I think what you're trying to say is, Shem doesn't care if it's this way or that way. Okay, okay, okay. Right. Right. Because is, the one question is, is everything you do consequential? And the other question is, God in everything. And those are two different right. questions. And I think the answer is, God is in everything. And then the answer is, not everything you do is consequential. So whether you have water or this, maybe Hashem doesn't care. But when <laughs> you speak to somebody that you love and you, the way you speak to them, the Shem does care, right? Uh-huh. So, like, I think, I think it's, it's, Depends on completely on the situation, but it, it doesn't take him out of the equation. We translate the Shekhinah as the divine presence. So the real question is, where is the threshold where the minutiae of our mundane lives, you know, settles down to a level where the divine presence is still actively involved? Where is it so mundane and trivial that even the divine presence is like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> you want peanut butter and jelly for lunch? Whatever. You get hit by a car, or you hit a car today. Was that that was that ordained by Hashem? Is Hashem involved in that decision for your car to get hit? Yeah. Well, we say l'shem yichud. How do we know that? How do we, we, say, how do we feel that? How l'shem yichud kudsha brichu. Okay, but how do we feel it? How do we see it? How do we? I mean, there's so many things that go on during the day and in our lives. How do we know? That Hashem is responsible for all. For all right. Time. How far down does the hashgacha well, it's trickle? It's, tri- it's like trickle down hashgacha. Sure. Hashgacha practice. It should be noted that it's a pretty big. Uh, so good. Yeah. <laughs> it's like this is one approach, but there are other approaches too. The Baal Shem Tov taught. I mean, we, the Hasidic the Hasidic belief is that God, that every detail of reality matters. In other words, that every every leaf on a tree. When it goes this way or that way, when the wind blows it this way or that way, or how you brush your hair, not just does it matter, but that if one detail of it would be different, then the whole purpose for which the whole world was created and, mm-hmm. and all the galaxies would not be unless you have this detail. Mm-hmm. So it's trickle down hashkacha pratis, like Reagan said, trickle down economics. Well, I know the so what's trickle the, trickle down hashkacha pratis. Meaning meaning that Hashem's the Shekhinah, the divine revelation and manifestation of the divine presence, infuses this, even the things we would think are, are so stupid exactly. <laughs> and trivial, like whether you eat peanut butter and jelly versus a pastrami sandwich for lunch. Which is the Shekhinah. Which is still the Shekhinah. You uninfuse Kuchabrichu. He's saying that even God even has a vested interest what you eat for lunch. Because <laughs> the whole purpose of reality it's, is to bring the slave of Kalman into Mamalikulam. It's, it's that right? spectacular, it's that stupid. It's, it's, <laughs>
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that we do believe God cares about everything. That's, mm-hmm. you know. And, and you should know that Muna the Baal Shem Tov, the, the Machloikis, is only when it comes to animals and vegetative life. Even the Rambam agrees that there's Hashgacha Pratis on humans. Mm-hmm. Are what is Hashgacha Pratis in the meaning that. Oh, so every, that's, that's what you know, the Shiloh. No, no, what no, is, I'm just saying, like, every. Hashem is aware of every detail. That's what the Rambam would say. Divine involvement. The Baal Shemta would say that he's more than aware. Depends on but aware. What? The Baal Shemta would say more than just aware. He's involved. It's, it's all, essentially the Baal Shemta, and, and really the Alter Rebbe learns this in Rambam also, but, but he says that, the Alter Rebbe says that God knows everything by knowing himself. Because everything is just essentially his light. So it's like the way you know yourself. Like you could feel your whole body at once. God knows everything. Even the smallest worm in the sea. Like a sea worm. God but, knows. This is nitpicking, but that's knowledge. Meaning, yeah. Knowledge or caring. Whatever, whatever caring means. What's the difference? What's the, uh, the difference is knowledge is... Meaning, anyone can know, you can know something, but you don't care. You know, just I mean, like all, it doesn't matter. All these matter. terms make sense. It's just like, like it's something yeah. like a completely different plane of existence. What does it mean Hashem cares? Yeah, the, the, it depends how you define the words in English. You can, you know uh, I mean? Yes, agreed. Agreed, they're very confusing terms, but, okay, I'll talk in Hebrew. Yodea. God knows everything. Just like I don't, when I sit down to brush my hair, I don't say... Does God want me to do it to the right or the left? Even though I, right? He's going to know, just like I'm going to know. I'm going to do it this way, that way. I'll know, he'll know, we'll all know. Neither of us care. That in, okay, that's English, sorry. But neither of us, it doesn't, doesn't. So the Balshanta would say that, the would say. Lay it on me, I just don't know. The Balshanta would say that essentially if you come it to the right or the left, whatever you end up doing is Nagez relevant to Dir Batachtoinim, to the whole purpose which the world was created. Fine. That's looking backwards, eh? Okay. Okay. Fine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a very, it's a very I, radical emuna. It's a very radical idea. I mean, but it really, it really, it really results from a real belief that Eino Movadoi. Because if you really believe that Eino Movadoi, then, then if you brush your area right or left is, is, is also illicit. And in Seiv of Kulaman, it's definitely all just him, whether you brush it to the right or the left. I mean, the whole thing is really, the time exists for humans, but Hashem exists outside of time and space. And so whether you brush your hair to the right or the left, is irrelevant to God because everything already happened as far as God concerned. But that, therefore it so, is relevant to Him. So, so there, you're right, so it is relevant to Him in the sense that it's already all done in, 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 a, in a sense that we can't understand. So that's why to Baal Shem Tov's point, like everything is exactly how it has to be and can't be any other way because that's just how it is. Right. But we can't understand that and we just have to accept that right. gap and, and still have... I heard once from name. a very smart Jew that the best way to describe, the best word in English that describes God... Is. 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 That, that's, that, that itself is, is Hashem. Is. Yeah. Okay. Tough. What were we going to say about the... Uh...